Words can be just words. I can claim to be a great basketball player all I want, but at some point I have to prove it on the court. I can claim to be an amazing chef, but I probably need to prove it at the dinner table sometime. I can claim to know multiple languages, but I should at some point speak them in order to show that I do indeed know them. Claims are just claims until they're proven. I think this is important in probably every aspect of life, but in no area is this more true than in the case of Christ. Jesus said that he is the resurrection and the life. That is a bold, audacious claim. Who in their right mind would make a claim like that? You can't sanely make a claim that says you're the resurrection and the life unless you can prove it. So did Jesus prove it? And if so, how? And then beyond that, what does it mean for us? Recently, I had a really special conversation with a little guy who's seven years old, and he has lots of questions about God and the Bible. And one of his big questions is, who is Jesus? And in such a timely way, that is exactly what we're diving into as a ministry in the next few weeks with Family Disciple Me. In this podcast episode, we're going to start our focus about who is Jesus, talking about three different claims that he made about himself. There is so much going on in our world and in our culture. And so as a ministry, I see us diving into some really controversial issues in the months ahead, having some really intense discipleship conversations with the next generation. But before we go there into all the extensions of our faith in an unbelieving culture, I think it's incredibly important that we hone in on who Jesus is. Our kids aren't going to become believers by osmosis, where they just gradually, unconsciously pick up on our faith in Christ. God tells us to teach the next generation about who he is and what he says. And in this series, I want us to talk about the foundation of everything, and that is Christ himself. So we're going to begin here with Christ's claim that he is the resurrection and the life. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I'm the founder of the ministry, Family Disciple Me. Our goal with this episode is to give you some background thoughts and scripture to get you thinking about how you can engage this conversation with those God has entrusted to you. Each of the podcasts that go along with this series are to help you meditate on this topic so that you can turn around and lead and guide your own kiddos. The Discipleship Conversation Guide that goes along with this episode is available in the show notes. And let me add this. I believe the day is coming when you'll not be able to find the links to this podcast or the discipleship conversations on social media. The only way we will be able to share these with you is if you subscribe so that the Family Disciple Me ministry can send the discipleship conversation links and podcasts straight to your text or email. So I invite you to subscribe today if you haven't already at familydiscipleme.org 
forward slash subscribe and share this with those you love so that they can subscribe too. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Martha had just come running breathless to Jesus. Her brother had been deathly sick and she had sent word to Jesus to come to help her brother to heal him. Martha wanted Jesus to be Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. But Jesus didn't come immediately. He lingered where he was with his disciples until it was too late. Lazarus died and his sisters were inconsolable. The people buried Lazarus and he was in his tomb for about four days when Jesus finally made his way to Bethany. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she ran to him and she blurted out, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Her words might have been a complete accusation, except she added this, but I know that whatever you ask God to do, he will do it for you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Yes, yes, Martha knew. The Greeks, the Sadducees, many did not believe that people would rise again after death, but the Jews, at least the ones who believed in God like Daniel did, They believed in resurrection. They believed that there was a future resurrection on the last day. Martha knew that, but I think she was hoping for more. And that's when Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. But words can be just words, right? A claim can be just a claim. Any one of us could go around making that outrageous claim that we're resurrection, that we're life. And I'm sure the people with Martha were thinking the same thing as they watched this interaction between Martha and Jesus. I wonder if some of them were standing there just watching to see if he could substantiate and back up his claim. Jesus asked them to show him Lazarus' tomb. He told them to roll away the stone that covered it. And then he prayed, thanking God for what he was about to do so that the people would believe. Lazarus, come out, he called. And Lazarus did just that. Jesus proved his claim by raising Lazarus from the dead. And here's the thing. Then, just a little over a week later, he proved it again, this time by raising himself from the dead. Now, Lazarus' story is a very familiar Bible story, but I don't think we consider it very often in relationship to Jesus' own resurrection. I also don't think we consider the context of Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. But here's the thing. He didn't just say empty words. He proved it. Now, for the records, the Gospels say that Jesus didn't just raise Lazarus from the dead. He also raised the widow of Nain's son and Jairus' daughter. The Gospels don't say anything about people saying, oh, that person isn't really alive, or he didn't really bring that person back from the dead. It's almost like it was a given that it happened and there was no debating it. 
But I know that debate exists. That's something really important for us to be aware of. And so I did a Google search because we all know that Google has all the information and truth. I say that jokingly, just so you know. I'll tell you that I've searched the internet for historical literature debunking these three raisings from the dead, and I can't find anything. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't any. I just haven't yet found any. With each of these three miracles recorded in Mark, Luke, and John, the reaction was generally the same. People were amazed. Some people believed in Jesus because of the dead he raised, and other people did not believe in him. But whether or not they accepted the miracle or not, nobody seemed to dispute the actual miracle. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he proved it by raising people from the dead. And then he proved it by raising himself from the dead. But that's not all. As amazing as that was and is, Matthew wrote in his gospel that when Jesus gave up his spirit and died, that there was a great earthquake that opened tombs. And Matthew recorded, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. What? How in the world is this possible? If that happened today, this world would blow up in social media. But Matthew just kept writing from there because as amazing as that was, he wanted to get to the main point of it all. Matthew wrote how Pilate had been warned by the priest and the Pharisees that Jesus was an imposter who said, when he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. So the Roman government, in all its power, and you just have to understand its almost limitless authority, they sealed the tomb. They set a guard around it. They made it so secure so that nobody could go and steal Jesus' body and then fabricate some story that Jesus had risen from the dead when he was actually still a dead man. Still, despite everything that Rome did, Jesus arose from the grave. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary saw him. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus saw him. Peter saw him. The disciples saw him. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that over 500 people saw him. His brother James saw him, and all the apostles saw him. Then Paul wrote, I saw him too. Imagine what social media would do today if that happened in our lifetime. It would absolutely be riveting. But here's the thing. Jesus chose to be born, crucified, and resurrected in first century common era. He said he is the resurrection and the life. He raised three people from the dead during his ministry on the earth, and then he raised many saints from the dead when he died. Then, when he resurrected, They appeared to many in Jerusalem, and then Jesus himself appeared to at least 515 people by my count. I've read estimates that there were between 600,000 to over 2.5 million people in first century Jerusalem. For that many people to attest to something might cause you to give it more than just a fleeting thought, whether it's on social media or not. 
people rising from the dead because of one man, that same man raising himself from the dead and people attesting that they saw him as well as others that he had raised. As we talk about his saying, his claim, I am the resurrection and the life, all this comes down to us and becomes a question of faith because we haven't seen him with our physical eyes and we haven't seen anybody that he raised from the dead with our physical eyes. So the question is, by faith, do we believe what others say they saw and experienced? This, my friend, is the crux of everything about our faith. Nothing else about Christianity matters if this isn't true. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, If Christ is not raised from the dead, your faith is futile. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, there's no point to being a Christian. You might as well go do something else. I've got better things to spend my time on, and so do you. But if he was raised from the dead, if his words were more than words, if his claim was actually true, then death is swallowed up in victory. He raised Lazarus from the dead so that people would believe. He raised himself from the dead so that we would have something to believe in. 1 John 5, 11 and 12 says, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So what do you do with all this? What do you talk about with your kids, with the next generation about all of this? To go back to the story of dead Lazarus and weeping Martha at that moment in the story, Jesus looked at this bereaved sister and he said, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha responded, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. I think that Jesus' statement and question rolls down the centuries to every person, to you, to me, to those entrusted to us. He said, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Friend, it's one thing to celebrate Easter. Let's be honest, even the world does that. It's entirely another thing to choose to believe in this audacious story that Jesus is exactly who he says he is and can do exactly what he says he can do. And then from there to teach and disciple the next generation that he is who he says he is and then what he did to prove it. Maybe Lazarus was an apparition that convinced the whole town he was alive for the rest of his earthly days. Maybe Jairus' daughter wasn't really dead in the first place, or the widow of Nain's son's funeral was just a play act. Maybe many godly saints didn't really rise from the dead after Jesus' resurrection, and Matthew's account of them appearing to many in Jerusalem was a sham. Maybe Mary and the other Mary and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, the twelve disciples, the five hundred, James and the apostles, maybe They just wished they saw Jesus after he died. Maybe they lived the rest of their lives in deception. But here's the thing. 
most of them believed in Jesus so much that they lived the rest of their lives willing to die for him. There's no human explanation for how a tiny little group of people in the ancient world spread a faith that caught like wildfire, except that they were so convinced of what they saw and experienced that they were willing to lose everything, to be crucified, to be devoured by lions, to lose their lives, to go into all the world because they believed that Jesus is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. So what about you? What do you believe? What do you truly believe? You can say you believe, but words must be more than words for them to be true, my friend. If you truly believe, it will affect everything about your life. It will affect how you disciple those entrusted to you. It will affect your entire belief system that we're going to dive into more in the weeks and months to come. It will affect how you treat others and serve people and live day in and day out for Jesus. I know it's a lot. I know that our faith is the narrow way, but friend, I encourage you in this because Jesus didn't just make an audacious claim or two. He backed it up. He proved it. So let's hold on to that and rejoice in that, not just on Easter Resurrection Sunday, but every day of our lives. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Now go with God, friend. Disciple those entrusted to you with a meaningful conversation specifically about Jesus' claim, I am the resurrection and the life. Until next time, know that the Family Disciple Me ministry team and I are praying for you. God bless you, friend.